All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Why are the playoffs better at Boston Pizza? Because we've optimized our sports bar experience by studying in-depth analytics. Starting with our new BP Winged Ribs, currently leading all apps in wings above replacement, and deep-fried pickle wedges, an early favorite for the unanimous number one overall pickle. And of course, the advanced stats darling and leader in pints per game, the new Beer Mosa. Catch the playoffs at Boston Pizza, powered by Fanalytics. Leon Dreisaitl, everyone else, let's get into it with the lead. Game one, who needs to win game one of a series? The Oilers never win game one of a series. Last year against the Kings, they lost. Against Calgary, they lost. Against Colorado, they lost. And now add two more to that list. The Oilers just simply are not good in game ones. Welcome into Oilers Nation every day. Yes, we are going to break it all down. We are live on the Oilers Nation YouTube where the first comment of the day I believe it went to someone named Daniel, but now I've totally lost where I was in the chat. So I have no way of confirming that. Anyways, drop your comments, drop a like. And of course, I am live in Las Vegas for round two of the Stanley Cup playoffs. And it's all brought to you by our friends at AMA Travel. Check them out, amatravel.ca. It is the day after an Oilers game. And that means our pal Sean Bell is stopping by the former Edmonton Oilers, former NHL defenseman, Sean Game one for the Oilers. That's just, it's almost like a mental block for them where they just, I don't know. They just don't bring their best off the bat. I have no explanation for why they continually do this. I don't know, but it's like almost a definition of shooting yourself in the foot a little bit. But, you know, 
uh, it's almost like there's a feeling out process that they have where they just decide, okay, like, let's see what you have. Like, let, give me your best punch. We're going to, we're going to see what it's like. And then we're going to counter it the next day. It's just an odd situation how they, they consistently lose that first game of every series. Super weird. And I mean, that was a game last night that would have been there for them if they would have had, never mind their A game, if they could have brought like their B game for more than the 25 minutes that they probably did. That was a very winnable hockey game. We're going to get into three big things from that one, uh, but I'm going to start with Leon Drysettle actually outside of that. Four goals for this guy, just absolutely automatic. Scored a couple from his office, banked one in off Laurent Brassois. This guy now has a higher goals per game in the Stanley Cup playoffs than Wayne Gretzky. Think about that. On his career, he has a higher goals per game than the greatest player to ever live. This guy has found another level over the last couple of weeks, and he is just not cooling off. No, he he's honestly, there's no words that can describe him right now. Like he's playing at such a good high level. I saw something on Twitter, like where it's, he's got like 75 points in 46 games in the playoffs, which is like outstanding. It's outrageous, really. Um, you know, yeah. with him, he's just such a big body and he, he's a, he's a hard guy to handle. He almost, he handles the pucks like Yager-esque where he can stick his, you know, his butt out there and, you know, you have to try to get around him, but he's so smart and he's such a good passer that he, he honestly just picks you apart. Like there, you, it's, he's such a hard guy to stop. And when you have him and McDavid on the ice at the same time, like pick your poison, who are you going to try to shut down more? And obviously most teams will consider McDavid or try to shut him down. So you're leaving Drysidle, and well, he's completely torching the league right now. Yeah, 11 goals in the playoffs. Uh, Golden Knights head coach Bruce Cassidy was asked about this today or, or after the game, and he just kind of chuckled. He's like, what do you even say? Like, you go look at the scoring leaders for goals in the entire NHL. It's Dreisaitl with 11, and then Miko Rantanen's in second. He's four whole goals behind him, and they've only played seven games. I know Rantanen is now done, obviously, with, uh, with the Colorado Avalanche. So um, just absolutely... Like that's an all-timer from Leon Dreisaitl. We're going to be talking about that game for a very long time. It's just a shame that we're not talking about Leon Dreisaitl carrying the Oilers to victory. We're talking about Leon Dreisaitl doing something that was borderline historic and the rest of the team was just flat. Like Honestly, McDavid was good, had a couple of nice rushes. I don't know if there's anyone else who I would give a positive grade to in that game, Sean. Yeah, they were they were just really sloppy. It, you know, like I know that they weren't at the casino all, all day, but like it looked like as if they were at the casino all day. Like they just, they weren't sharp. They were making plays that normally would be, you know, tic-tac-toe in the net. They were missing on it. They're losing puck battles. Um, guys that were wide open, you know, they're not covering those guys. So it's just a sloppy yeah. effort. Yeah. And what's disappointing from that standpoint is the fact that, you know, over the stretch of the last month and a half, you never had that from the others. Like they were pretty airtight defensively. And then all of a sudden you get into that first game where you're not playing a team like the Kings, who is once again, airtight defensively. Um, they're a little bit more loose. And then you feel like your game needs to be loose. Like if you can lock in your game and some of those goals that they gave up or, you know, they're easily avoidable. You're probably talking about an Oilers win right now. 100%. It's just, and that was the same thing against LA. Like, it was funny to look back on that series against the Kings and be like, 
you know, the Oilers like could have swept that if they would have just played decent and not even Jay Woodcroft used that term. You did shot themselves in the foot that just that was that was the biggest thing from game one is like preventable mistakes, taking dumb penalties, taking your foot off the gas after you climb back and tie the game. Uh, let's get into a few of the more detailed storylines from this one with our three big things for Betway 19 plus. Please play responsibly. And Sean, the first one. And this guy's kind of become now a bit of the scapegoat for this fan base. Everyone's on him. And I think Jay Woodcroft almost just needs to give him like needs to give him like the mercy pull, like take Vinny DeHarnay out for a game because he's fighting it. He was on the ice for just over eight minutes last game and was on the ice for three goals. A couple of those, he was right in frame and then he had the bad turnover as well. The numbers are ugly. Um, the Oilers road shot, I think, 6-7-1 when he was on the ice last game. And the play that was really telling for me, even though it didn't result in a goal against, they won a face-off on a penalty kill and he had the whole ice to shoot it down and he rifled it into the Golden Knights bench. And right then I was like, this is a guy who is just so lost and is lacking so much confidence right now that he's a liability out there. Listen, I think I think Vinny D'Arnais is going to be a good defenseman, a good third-pairing defenseman in this league for a number of years. He'll be on the team next year. But right now, I think he's unplayable. Agree or disagree? Uh, I'm kind of, I'll say I'm on the fence there. Like, I, I do think he does some good things, but at the same time, like, you know, you just go up one nothing. you score, you've got some momentum. Like, the next shift, you can't turn around and give up that play. Like, you have the ability to just rim that puck around the wall and get it to your forward, and you're probably out. And then it's not tied 1-1. But, like, you know, you try to get out of your comfort zone. You try to make that little slip play between his legs. You rifle it off his shin pad. And it ends up in the back of your net. And then all of a sudden, you know, as a player that's fighting it, you start getting inside your head being like, Okay, I'm here we go again. Like I'm having a t- another terrible game. So I, I think for him, like I, I fully agree with the comment that he needs to maybe take a seat and sit out for a game because I think he just needs to get out of his head and just be like, hey, do what you did when you first got here, which was simple hockey. It was hard hockey. You used your size, you used your stick. Get back to that. Let's not try to do too much and and you know get out of your comfort zone so that you're now fighting it again. Yeah, a lot of people dropping their takes in the chat here about what the Oilers could potentially do in the lineup. We'll get to that in just a little bit. Uh, But someone said the game was just too fast for Vinny yesterday. And that's my second big thing. This Vegas Golden Knights team is very different than the LA Kings. We talked a lot, Sean, about that 1-3-1, trap it up, grind them down game that the Kings played. That is not at all what Vegas is about. They are speed. They hit you. They do not sit back at all. Do you think that's going to be a bit of a problem for the Oilers? And were you surprised at like how aggressive the Golden Knights looked yesterday? I wasn't surprised by that. I, I feel like this is a better matchup for the Oilers because this is actually the Oilers game. Like you look at that whole series and it's, you know, they're allowing LA to set up in their one three one. They're trying to generate speed through the neutral zone, but now you've got a team that's like full throttle all over the ice. And I think it's gonna take the Oilers maybe a game, which maybe it was last night, to get up to speed with that. Because now you've got a team where like, hey, we're not trying to lock this thing down defensively. We have players like Petrangelo, a White Cloud. Uh, guys that can play really well defensively and that could possibly shut you down because they're just such good players. But the stylistic play, I think, is going to really benefit the Oilers because it's going to get their level up a little bit more. So I- I'm excited to uh, to see that stuff uh, come to fruition, so to speak. 
Yeah. And actually I, I like that point you made, you know, after playing the Kings for kind of six or for six games and it's that slow grind it down hockey where you can almost kind of dictate the pace in a weird way. All of a sudden you get hit in the face with that forecheck of the Golden Knights. Like there is going to be a bit of an adjustment here. And I'll be interested to see also how Jay Woodcroft kind of tactically handles this series as well. Cause we saw him, Sean, make some really good adjustments against the LA Kings. Is there anything you noticed in the Oilers structure that was maybe a little off? in game one or was it just an off game all around i just thought it was an off game all around like even if you if you go back to like the day question like this is not a situation where he's not like he hasn't played against the vegas golden knights he's been yeah, fine against them because he's a guy that like he's more of a pos- positional guy like he's not running and chasing all these guys he's going to cut you off at different angles he's going to use his body he's going to use his stick so you know is it game too fast for him maybe but once again, he's already played against them. He knows how to play this game. He's just, he's fighting it. But, you know, for the Oilers, I, I just think it was a completely off night for them. They were just, they fought every puck. They lost a ton of battles. It just wasn't a clean game for them. Third big thing from last night, and this might be an unpopular one in the chat because I saw some people having the discussion already, but... Stuart Skinner had an 848 save percentage in that game. Again, none of those goals were so egregious that I was like, oh, like you need to stop that one, Stu. But at the same time, we are now on game seven of these playoffs. Skinner has played in all seven games, was pulled the one time, obviously. But he hasn't had a game where he's been great. Every game, there's, he's been average. He stops the pucks he's supposed to, but he hasn't really been the reason they won a hockey game yet last night again like you go back through the five goals that he gave up in that one and it's like okay some wrist shots from in tight like forgivable forgivable but then you kind of go like oh man you look the other way and like lb made a handful of really really good saves down the stretch in that hockey game is it too much to ask Stuart skinner to go make a big stop at some point and then also Jack Campbell in his one appearance in these playoffs was lights out and saved the season. Is there any part of you, Sean, to wrap up three big things? Goalie change for game two, or is that crazy talk? It's not crazy talk. Uh, I, I do think that you've got to give, you know, Skinner one more game, maybe two more games to kind of, you know, build that case. Um, because he is at the end of the day, he's a guy that got you to where you are right now. And you've got to, he's earned that number one spot and you've got to allow him to sink or swim. And, but I do think there's got to be a point where, Hey, you look at Campbell and you're like, well, this might be a, not a bad option to go to maybe just provides another spark. Like it did last time. If the Oilers lose game two and it's another, 820 to 860 save percentage kind of night for Stuart Skinner. I would not be the least bit surprised if it's Jack Campbell leading the team onto the ice back home for game three of the series, but we're hoping it doesn't get there because again, like Stuart Skinner was, I used this line yesterday, but he was nails down the stretch. Like he had like an 850 or a 950 save percentage in his last 10 games of the season. He was great against the Kings in the regular season. I wonder if maybe it's just the playoff pressure, maybe getting to him a little bit. And I guess maybe it's unfair. A lot of people in the chat are saying, no, it's not on Stu. It's on the team in front of him. And yeah, I, I think that's fair. But also Sean, like in the playoffs, like teams that go win the Stanley Cup, get elite performance from their goaltending. And I just, I'm a little bit worried that the Oilers aren't getting that right now. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I I agree with some of the the comments too. Like, you know, if you look at that 10 game run that they were on, 
They were airtight defensively. They didn't give up, you know, egregious turnovers in front of the net. Right now in the playoffs, it's like they get a lead and all of a sudden they pull their foot right off the gas pedal and they allowed like these grade A chances that literally every single team doesn't want to give up. So like, you know, rewind back to the game yesterday, same thing. Like, Darren A puts that puck off a shin pad. It goes right into the middle of the ice. There's a scramble, and the guy gets it, you know, below the hash marks, and he rips his puck into the net. So it's like I agree that, you know, they've got to make some more saves, but at the same time, it's like that turnover would never have happened in that 10-game stretch, right, to kind of yeah. seal all the yeah. deals. And, that, and I think that is like it's a bit of a part and parcel situation where it's like, if the Oilers are airtight, Skinner makes all the saves that he needs to. And right now you're seeing that it's it's kind of going the other way and he's not making those saves. Yeah, that's a good yeah. point. Uh, looking ahead a little bit here to game two. I don't know how much they showed of this on the broadcast, actually, but being in the building and watching Matthias Janmark trying to get up after he blew an edge and went into the boards, it was like ugly. He was wobbling and... I would be surprised if he played in the next game. Obviously, you know, I know head injuries. It's always hard to tell. But just based off him trying to get off the ice, it was like an alarming thing. You really felt for the guy. Uh, if Yanmark is unable to go next game, Sean, and you could add in a forward, Dylan Holloway presents some upside. He's got the speed. But we saw like early in the year, the moment was almost too big for him in the NHL. He was turning over pucks, taking bad penalties. But then there's that upside of like first round pick who can score, who can skate and probably keep up with this Golden Knights team really well. Do you go with the upside of a Dylan Holloway or would you go with maybe the dependability and higher floor of someone like Devin Shore? Well, you always want to go with that, you know, that little bit of an uptick with Holloway. But let's be honest, you're losing a guy in Yanmark who is jack of all trades he can go up and down your lineup he can kill penalties um he's been one of the best swiss army knives for you on your team so i think you have to go back to Derek ryan because that is what Derek ryan is and that coaching staff really trusts him he's excellent on the kill i know that he's been bumped up a few times to higher lines you know Derek ryan's just a guy that's he's a trustworthy player you know exactly what you're going to get out of him and in the playoffs that's exactly what you need you you can't hope that, you know, Holloway is going to be really good. You know that Ryan's going to give you, you know, this much, this many minutes. He's going to give you this effort. And, it, and it's just a comfortability for, for coaches. Yeah, I'm, I'm really intrigued to see what uh, Jay Woodcroft does with things on Saturday. Because you're right, I totally forgot that Derek Ryan wasn't in the lineup last game. So we'll see. Maybe Derek Ryan slides back in. Maybe they go 12 and 6, right? Maybe it's Derek Ryan and Dylan Holloway both playing and they end up going with Broberg on the right side over a Vinny DeHarnay. It's uh, it's going to be really interesting. But again, Jay Woodcroft made all the necessary adjustments in round one. So I, I think Oilers fans should have a lot of confidence that he can uh, make the adjustments in round two. Oilers Nation every day coming to you live from Las Vegas. Sean, are you a casino guy at all? Do you have a favorite table game? <laughs> uh, I'm a roulette guy. You know, here's put a hundred hundred bucks down on black. Let it ride if you win. <laughs> drinks if you win if not whatever um yeah roulette kicked my ass yesterday i am uh, i'm not afraid to admit that at all vegas maybe got a little bit of the best of me in uh on night one just like it got the best of the edmonton oilers but they'll be looking for a bounce back thanks for hopping on again today belzy always a pleasure nurse there you go. Sean Bell.
Yeah, don't worry. There's a Gatorade within reach. I'll uh, I'll be working on that a little bit later as well. Uh, Sean Bell for our friends at Star Mechanical. You can check them out online at starmechanical.ca. If you need 24-7 emergency service, 780-481-8873. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters, May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Liam is here. We just didn't have a way to get three people on the screen at once, so Liam couldn't participate in the first 20 minutes of the show. But you are here. You're kicking. Someone yesterday said your mustache somehow makes you look younger, Liam. Interesting. Mm. Yeah, uh... Is that a compliment? I'm not sure, I think but so. I will, I will take it for what it is. Yeah. Uh, Liam is back at the sports closet studio. Check him out online sportscloset.ca. Or if you're always like, Hey, I want to, I want to get some nation gear. They have it in store. St. Albert mall, Sherd park mall and Kingsway mall as well. Shout out to the sports closet. Uh, Liam game one, man. I mean, Leon dry I, <laughs> Well, I'll be a little vulgar here, but because of uh, the Joe Thornton line from almost 10 years ago now, they call that a dick trick. Um, and he's the second player in his many nights to, to score for and have his team lose the game. Uh, but he was just dominant. Like we talked about this. I think it was right when he started heating up down the stretch in the regular season. And we said, like, man, if he keeps this up in the playoffs, look out. And I mean, look out indeed. He almost single handedly won that game yesterday. Like, I know I said I only give him and McDavid passing grade. Someone in the chat said, I'm not even giving McDavid a passing grade. It's only Dreisaitl. And I really don't have a counter argument to that. He was their only good player. Uh, yeah. And also, shout out to my friend Tyler, who said that must be the first four-goal performance in like 30 years. Nope. Yesterday. But anyway. Uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> also, someone in the chat yesterday on After Dark said that Connor McDavid might have been the second worst player on the ice, which I think is very disrespectful to Connor McDavid. And yeah. I'm not sure if they watched, but yeah, like, did anybody else show up for the Oilers last night? I thought Matthias Yamark, uh, sorry, Matthias Ekholm was uh, pretty solid, all things considered. But if the Oilers want to play the Golden Knights and beat them in a seven game series, then more than one player is going to have to show up for the Oilers here and put together a performance. Like, 
it's kind of got to the point now is like, okay, Warren Fogel and, and Ryan McLeod, you're playing very, very well, but you also got to start capitalizing on some chances here too and help provide that depth that this team clearly needed and lacked last night. Uh, Jimmy Navarro is in the chat. Kings fan here who genuinely enjoys these shows. Shout out to Jimmy for watching along. We appreciate you. He says, you guys have nothing to be worried about. Vegas won't score six every game. And honestly, like I said, my take was that the Oilers were going to make this a short series. And okay, maybe now it won't be five like I thought. Maybe it'll have to go six. But I still think like... I, I honestly, to a point, stand by my Oilers in five takes still just because, again, one player showed up last game for the Oilers. One. And they lost by basically a goal. And there were three bad mistakes and there were bad penalties and the officiating really didn't go in their favor. Although the first call of the game on Petrangelo was terribly soft. But then there was a couple calls on the Oilers that were really soft. Also, nothing drives me crazier than when refs make up penalties. So Evander oh. Kane is going, knocks down Jack Eichel, no call, right? Mm. Nothing. Evander Kane picks up the puck, skates with it, no call, then gets tripped, call, but it's on Evander Kane and Jack Eichel. That makes no sense. If Kane knocked down Eichel, there should only be one penalty and it's on Kane. You can't just make it up because you're like, eh, I don't know. Maybe it's a penalty. Maybe it's a not. We'll just send them both off. That was ridiculous. Yeah, we spoke about that on After Dark actually last night, being like that doesn't make any sense. As soon as Kane touched that puck, he should the play should have been dead. Unless maybe the trip was before he touched it, but also the ref should have been anticipating Kane to touch it. Therefore, it should have been a, pe- a penalty yeah. to Eichel, I guess. But either way, they also the other one that was kind of weird. Like I don't think the refs dictated the game too much, like they did against the Kings. They were just weird penalties. But the one where. Hyman got the interference call. Okay, when you see it on the on the TV and they show the highlight, he does look at him and kind of pop him a little bit. Yeah. I think it was more reactionary. But also on that same penalty kill, Ryan McLeod got cleaned out by Jack Eichel, which was also just incidental contact and there was no penalty called. It's like, well, yeah. if you're calling it that way, why is that one not that? But yeah, the refing wasn't perfect by any means, but honestly better than probably what we've seen, which isn't a very high bar by any means. <laughs> And the Oilers still found a way to go two for three with the man advantage, which I worry is almost going to work against them in games two through however many, because refs will be like, oh, damn, like if we're going to give them the Golden Knights a penalty, we're basically giving the Oilers a goal at this point, because look at this power play. Unbelievable. And actually, if you want some cool analysis, uh, head over to the Daily Faceoff YouTube. We're doing a new segment every Thursday there with John Goyens, who is the head coach of the Cape Breton Eagles in the QMJHL, Liam. And he gave us like a coach coach's perspective on why the Oilers power play is so good. And he went through like video clips and outlined all the different things they do that make them dangerous. It's a, it's a really, really good chat. You should go check it out. If you're uh, watching the show right now, Um, let's take a peek at what's going on in the chat. Rusty says it'll be like the BOA last year. Oilers in five, Bud Brown chimes in Vinny with a bad giveaway on the first goal. Yup. That's right. Um, We, we have discussed that quite a bit. Liam, I'll get your thoughts on that. Like, I mean, I love the guy. I think he's a great story, right? Making his debut when he did. I thought he was good for the Oilers throughout the season. He can't play. He cannot be in the lineup game no. too. No, he, he can't. And I, I sent you those stats before that Wood guy sent of like what he's like with, when he's on the ice and players when he's not on the ice. And the stats just kind of just scream at you really in the Stuart Skinner one, especially when Vinny's on the ice. He has a 
750 save percentage and that's just not a coincidence by any means is it right so and, with day sorry, on when day, Vinny's like off the ice Skinner has a 918 save percentage in these playoffs so it's such a significant difference and it's just crazy but for me day on day I think it can be beneficial for him just to sit in the stands for a game and one thing I kind of thought about actually Tyler I'd be curious what you think like so when they went through the lines last night on sports now, you know, they put a little graphics up top. So Vinny was down as the seventh defenseman. It makes me wonder if Derek Ryan was healthy, if it would have been 12 and six and Vinny Dayane would have been out of the lineup. Well, yeah, that's the other thing too. So I know some people are like, oh, he's healthy scratched, but in the playoffs, the healthy no. scratches take warmups. Like Devin Shore, I saw him with my own eyes. He was on the ice in warmups yesterday. Like the extras will skate and then just not go play in the game. So Vinny or for Derek Ryan wasn't healthy. So I think that's a good point. Mm-hmm. I do wonder if it was going to be 12 and six, but also like Woody was playing him a lot early in that hockey game, right? Like it wasn't like, uh, oh, he's yeah. only here because we needed to dress an extra guy. So I... I wouldn't be surprised if it's Derek Ryan in or if, or if Derek Ryan's healthy, obviously he's in, I wouldn't be surprised if it's 12 and six next game. And maybe we get Dylan Holloway in the mix as well. I mean, I think a fourth line of like Dylan Holloway with who would you go there down the middle? I don't know. Maybe a really trustworthy forward. Like Buke's dad can be his center. De- Devin Shaw, like, is that crazy to say? He's, I know I kind of have this thing for him, but also yeah. he is fairly reliable and you know he's not going to go out there and kind of cost you a game, right? I mean, if you're yeah. down Derek Ryan and Yamark, then Devin Shaw is kind of your next best option, right? So I think that's what I might do. And also someone, it was on the radio today coming in, like mentioned like Dylan Holloway should play. Like, look at what Matthew Nyes has done in Toronto, right? A guy who's... Yeah. Literally, they're playing these professional games right now. And as the NHL pointed out, was on the ice for all three overtime goals, Tyler. So that's big. Yeah. The NHL, I don't even <laughs> want to go there. That drove me nuts. Uh, <laughs> you hit me out of nowhere with that one. Anyway, yeah. If Derek Ryan's not healthy, you can play both Devin Shore and Dylan Holloway next game, right? Because mm-hmm. again, like I would just be surprised if Yanmark's healthy, man. Like, even if he yeah. passes the test, I'm a big, like, I don't like seeing guys get their brain scrambled. And, you know, I'm saying that kind of like tongue in cheeky or jokey, but like, let's be real here. He can sit out one more game. Like, let's make sure this guy's head is a hundred percent. Cause that was an ugly fall smacks the back of his head, wobbly getting up, really look dazed. I don't really want that. People are saying, uh, well, yeah, Liam advocating for sure. Whatever. People saying call up Niemalainen makes no sense to me. If you think Marcus Niemalainen is better than Vincent DeHarnay, you need to give your head a shake. Like he's mm. no, you run 12 and six and play Broberg. We're not calling up Marcus freaking Niemalainen to play his first NHL game in probably eight months. Like get real. Yeah. I, I the only difference for me would be like, they have this, they have the length snow. Right. And, but still like just, I don't think it's worth the hassle of that, but this again, yeah is an issue the Oilers probably knew they might run into and didn't address at the trade deadline. Like, if you really, really want to get into it and someone who can skate, then maybe, maybe Camden is the guy. And even that is like a, an option I don't really want to address, but at least he's a right-handed shot who can skate a little bit. But also, I am not in on that idea. But that's who I would call up before I even looked at Niemalainen in the dressing room. Because he is there. He got called up yesterday. Yeah. But I wouldn't, I wouldn't even look at him. Frank made the point. Uh, that maybe this is, you know, at the deadline, the Oilers probably should have went and got a right shot D, but Woody 
stuck his neck out a little bit for a guy like Vincent Dayarnay. So maybe that's why Woody keeps playing him or is like reluctant to pull him out because it's like, I need, you know, this was my bet. This was my guy. But I said at the deadline, I was worried about the right side of this blue line. A lot of people kind of pushed back and were like, no, why Vinny's been great. Vinny's been great. But like the playoffs is a different beast, man. And like playing as much hockey as Vinny's now had to play over the last six months. That's hard. Like, again, I'm, I don't want to sit here and like rag on him too, too much, even though it's been a big part of the show. Because again, I think he's got a future here. I think he can be on this team next year. I think he'll be a big part of this team next year. But for right now, the ask is difficult and he's not up to task. So I think you got to make a move here. Um, the stat line is is ugly as you saw right there. Uh, let's get into some other stats from the game. Let's move away from the day or anything and talk about some other numbers. Some stats powered by our friends at Boston Pizza and their fantastic Fanalytics menu. Biermosa, Italian deli pizza. Mwah. Like that. It's delicious. Uh, I know Christopher Palmer got one. I think they got one in their pizza flight when we took him out for lunch the other day. Uh, the Oilers were not the better five on five team in that hockey game. And the numbers show it. I think against the LA Kings, even in the games where the numbers favored the Kings, they were shooting from the parking lot. The numbers weren't 100% accurate. Last game, 27 21 in favor of the Golden Knights were the shots at five on five. Um, that the Oilers flat out weren't good enough. And the concerning thing for me, Liam, is that Edmonton's bottom six actually specifically struggled to keep up with the pace of the Golden Knights. The Oilers got absolutely caved with Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl off the ice last game. And I was hoping that the depth would be a, a big asset, a big strength for the Oilers in this series. Because again, they outscored, outshot the Kings last series, but the depth was bad last game. And I'm worried about that. Yeah, it, it wasn't good at all. It is not really anyone that stood out to me outside of the big three guys. And even like you look at a guy like Nugent Hopkins, he's just not in the position to be driving his own line at the moment. He's not playing very well. Maybe he's hurt, whatever. We don't really know. Yeah. But for me, the option is you have to split up McDavid and Dreisaitl and just kind of go to them in times of need because Dreisaitl's on another planet right now. He might, the only other person on that planet might be Connor McDavid. So to have yeah. them on two separate lines. And Bukestad, I think Bukestad maybe was good last night. I think, okay, maybe, not good. But he was, he was he probably was the one depth. He wasn't? Yeah, I don't think oh, he was once. noticeable. Like, I think he might have been, like, neutral. But I wouldn't say he was yeah. good. I just, I think, sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. But, like, I, I just, I think good means you made some positive impacts on the game. Mm. I didn't see that with him. He just didn't mess up. That's fair. Yeah, he just didn't do anything wrong. I guess it's the best way yeah. to put it compared to the rest of the guys. I guess Clem Shady had that great chance at the end where Brassois kind of took it off the knob, but that's like so late in the game, right? So yeah, yeah you got to you gotta switch things up a little bit here and try and get some effectiveness in the bottom six. And maybe a guy like Dylan Holloway actually does do that for you to give you that extra jump of trying to prove that like he deserves to be in this lineup over whoever it may be, right? So yeah, I think you've got to inject something into this bottom six or maybe just change up the entire lineup, to be honest, and see if you can just activate a few players. Like maybe it is time to put Warren Fogel in the top six. Yeah, man, I'm with you. Uh, here's some numbers. You mentioned splitting up Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl. So at five on five last game, I got this bad boy broken up into four parts for our friends at Boston Pizza. Leon Dreisaitl, Connor McDavid together, 11 minutes and 12 seconds at five on five. The Oilers outscored the Golden Knights two nothing in that span. Shots were eight, six scoring chances were eight to four. 
Very good. McDavid without dry saddle, six minutes and 22 seconds. Shots 4-4. Oilers got outscored 1-0. Scoring chances were 5-2 in favor of Edmonton. Dry saddle on the ice by himself without McDavid. Oilers got outscored 1-0. Shots were 4-3 Golden Knights. Scoring chances were 5-4 Golden Knights. With McDavid and Dreisaitl both off the ice, 25 minutes and 15 seconds of five-on-five play. Oilers got outscored 2-0. Shots were 13-6 for the Golden Knights. They got caved. They got doubled up plus in the shot department with those two off the ice. Maybe McDavid Dreisaitl separate for an entire game would force some wonky things with the matchups, but I, I almost think it like... Man, you keep them together if it, if they're going to get you two goals a game and not give up any. Like that stat line's just so tempting. The, to me, the McDavid Drysdale debate is whatever. I think they can win with them together. I think they can win with them separate. Mm. But in order to win, regardless of what you do with them, you need Nugent Hopkins to play better. He's been just awful now through seven games. Has not, you know what, a drop offensively. Hasn't made a solid impact in any area of the ice. He's been brutal. Evander Kane couldn't stick handle last night. And it's like the third game in these playoffs where he just looks brutal. Third or fourth game. Zach Hyman hasn't done anything except score a goal that went in off his face. I Just too many passengers, man. If you want to play them together, play them separate when it comes to McDavid and Dreisaitl. It don't matter if the other 10 forwards, 9 forwards in the lineup don't want to show up for the hockey game. Don't want to do the things that made him successful in the regular season. That's the bottom line. Look at these scoring leaders. How can you have three guys over 10 points and everyone else is just riding their coattails? That's all last night was. It was like the rest of the team sat there and I'm, again, by name, Nuge, Hyman, Kane, even Yamo. I know he had the big game in game six and he's not going to be great every night, but like, how many passengers do you want in the top six? That's the issue. And again, McDavid and Drysdale together are separate. Doesn't mean shit if those other guys don't want to pull their own weight and try to drive something in the in a positive direction. You, you're completely right. Like, it, what's it going to take now for these guys to step up and notice what they need to be doing? Like, yeah. we've kind of spoke about throughout the playoffs. All like, oh, McDavid doesn't look great, and then you look at the stats and he still has 12 points. Like, there's a lot of guys on this team who are doing literally nothing. And it's got to the point now where it's like, okay, well, do you want to win the Stanley Cup or do you want Dreisaitl and McDavid to just try and carry you there every single night? Yeah. And when a guy scores four goals in a game, like I don't know what more could motivate you to be like, I have to do something. Like, lay a hit, do anything, right? Just have try and have some positive impact on the game. And you're right. Like, it, it's got to the point now where it, it doesn't matter if McDavid and Dreisaitl are on the ice together or not, because quite frankly, it's probably going to be okay because they're two elite players. But... Guys have got to pull their weight, and yeah, you can't pull everyone out of the lineup, but eventually guys have just got to do something. Totally. And okay, Dave Lunn is in with with an interesting comment I want to talk about. Holloway does not deserve to be in the lineup. Why do you guys have such a crush on Holloway when he was invisible on the ice in the regular season? He had one great preseason game. That's it. I know. The offense wasn't really there this season with Holloway. He only scored a couple of goals, but skates like the wind does not shy away from playing physically. There's downside there. He makes some hiccups defensively. He's taken a bad penalty or two this year, but I just, I think the upside's there, man. Former first round pick who should have some confidence after playing down in Bakersfield. I don't know. I, I want to see what that guy can do. That's just all it is really like, I don't know. Hmm. 
I don't, I don't I, like, I'm with you deserve, not deserved. I mean, that's got nothing to do with it. I think he can help the Oilers win flat out. Yeah. I mean, if you want to talk about deserve and not deserve, then okay. Then who's really deserves to be in this team after last night's game. Right. Like that's kind of the point we're trying to make here is like Dylan Holloway can bring a little bit of something to this team that isn't there right now. And I think a big thing with Holloway is his momentum, right. That he builds up and his confidence. Like you look at it from last season, he kind of goes through rookie camp, goes through main camp, has a really good pathway for him. And then first yeah. game one, puts it right on the step of stick of Vancouver and they score and just couldn't really build up from there. Where now he's gone down to Bakersfield. He scored, I think it was like seven goals in 12 games, like 10 points or something like that. And momentum's back. And he's now with the team. He's skating with Drysaddle and McDavid in practice. I know that's just the spot fill for Evander Kane, but man, like you got to try. You got to try something, especially after what happened last night. And yeah, I know people love when I get nice and fired up. And honestly, I didn't mean to. Like, I didn't have that rant in me before the show. It just kind of popped into my head. And it's not disingenuous, but like, I'm actually not that worried about this team. I still think they can win this series in five or six games. They're capable, like they did against LA, of just turning things on a dime and going. And when that happens, they're unstoppable. But it's just a little bit frustrating now. Seven games into this playoff run, three losses in this playoff run. And in all of them, they're just completely tanked themselves. And it's those three guys have the exact time has had one good game. I think, right. Kane has had one or two good games, maybe one and a half with Kane. It's not so much like when Kane's on, it's great. When Kane is off, good Lord, is it noticeable that that guy is off mm-hmm. when Zach Hyman is on very noticeable when Hyman's off, at least he's just kind of like a neutral doesn't do much, still cycles the puck well and things like that. Ryan Nugent Hopkins has just been a ghost, man. It's uh, whew. yeah, it's uh, Sergeant. Is extremely oh, sorry, go ahead, I was going to say like, like, what happened is, to the guy? It, is he hurt? Like I hate speculating on that, but like, Man, like this was a 100 point player in the NHL this season. The power play is almost at 60%, and he doesn't have a goal. It's the craziest thing that I just do not yeah. understand where Ryan Nugent Hopkins has disappeared to. And I, I imagine it's keeping bag milk up at night, to be honest. Yeah, he was tossing and turning all night in the bed we're sharing in Vegas. So. There you go. Uh, him and Jay, by the way, I was like, hey, you guys want to do Oilers Nation every day? Grind out some content um, here. I'll, I'll give you guys a, a look at where they decided to go without me. One sec. One sec. There you go. They're at the freaking Taco Bell Cantina and I'm here working. <laughs> we are going to drop a new episode of Real Life coming up in a little bit. Um, also, uh, you'll like the scenes from Vegas so far today. Shout out to our friends at AMA Travel, by the way, for making this all possible. Hashtag explore with AMA Travel. I'm laying in bed and, you know, on my phone, on Twitter, bag milks up and around and just starts like jogging around. And he's like, I got to get the engine fired up. And he's did some hot laps in the hotel room. Also, Jay had to take some calls. And if you looked out the window, he was just down aimlessly wandering around the parking lot for like (laughs) a good chunk of time. So there you go. That's what we've been up to in Vegas. That's what everyone does in Vegas, right? (laughs) <laughs> yeah, uh, but uh, we'll get after it today. We are going uh, this evening, Liam, to Knights of the Round Table or Medieval yes. Times, whatever it is. This is something that you are very passionate about. Very passionate about. If you've been, it's Knights of the Round Table. It's underneath uh, the Escalibur Hotel. If anyone's been there before, let us know in the chat. 
But basically, you're just in this medieval room and they just joust with each other for like an hour and a half and have like sword fights and everything. The beers you get are just like these massive glasses and you have to eat everything with your hands and they only give you chicken and potatoes if it's the same as what it was a few years ago. And it what is kind of potatoes? Baked. Just one baked potato and you just Any munch Texans? on it. Uh, I, I can't remember exactly. I just specifically remember the chicken and potatoes I had to eat with my hands. And it was, it was fantastic. Tyler, you, if you, the dragon will be there. He is the enemy of the Knights of the Round Table. And that is the yeah. man you have to cheer for because he will get you fired up. There's flames and everything. It's amazing. All right. Fair enough. Uh, also, I yesterday, for I need you- pictures. I will send you pictures. Don't worry, buddy. Uh, we're going to, I want to loop in Aaron here for a second too, because I know he was throwing a big party last night down at Greta while a bunch of Oilers fans were partying it up outside of T-Mobile. I know you guys were doing a great job back home at a watch party, which we do every road game at Greta. AB, how did the night go? Oh, the night went, the night went, it went, it went okay. It was less, here, let me put myself on stream. There you go. Let it people was, see you. Uh, it was less busy than usual, but it started to get going. And once the uh, once the free shots become a thing, the whole bar started going. At the end of the night, it was busy, but I mean, it was just kind of everybody you could feel was a little nervous. Like you know, we'd get back, we'd tie it up, and then we give up a quick goal. So everyone gets so excited, and then just let let the air out of the building. So that was. Uh, that. I'm sure it's going to be absolutely rocking and packed on uh, Saturday as well for uh, for game number three. So Aaron will be hosting again. It'll probably be sold out. Reservations probably won't be able to be made for Greta, which means you'll have to try walk in. But our parties are awesome. If you haven't been one yet, make sure you do it. Shout out to Greta. Also, shout out to our friends at uh, Labatt Canada as well, who've been supplying the Bud Lights and the Budweiser's. I don't have my cooler with me, but I did. Bud Light, you will like this. I enjoyed a refreshing Bud Light soda last night after the game. And if you know me, you know how darn excited I am to get my hands on a cherry cola Bud Light soda because they brought the other three flavors to Canada, but not my favorite flavor. So there you go. That is disappointing. That is the best part about going down to Vegas is finding the drinks you can't have in Canada. Yep. Totally. Just going to the Uh, CVS to grab it. Yeah, I'm just walking around the street with it. Vegas is the best. Again, shout out to AMA Travel. Uh, Bison King Stan dropped in a point that I liked. Uh, he said, McDavid, Hyman, Kane, Nuge, all ghosts. It's scary hours for the league if they wake up. And I know there were some people in here uh, that were being a little bit more pessimistic about the Oilers, but like giddy up, right? Because if those that group gets going, and again, the fact that they're all relatively cold at the same time gives me that little twinkle of hope that they could all get hot at the same time. Like, get ready. Get ready. Because this team, like, again, like they almost did against LA, they just need a little opening and they'll take over the series. If they figure out their own shit, this will all be fine. Anyway. There was something last night that I said in the after dark was Vegas, if Vegas play like that for seven games, it feels very unlikely. Like They're obviously going to be good, but like, the Oilers aren't going to play the way they did last night for the rest of this series. Like, there is, it they felt are like game way, one against way LA better again. than Yeah, it felt like game one against Calgary last year and Colorado yeah. and LA again last year. Like, the Oilers just don't win game ones. It's the strangest thing, but someone said it earlier. I can't remember who it was, but like, I'd rather have the game one curse than the round one curse. So I think we're, I think we're in a good spot right now. We'll be fine. 
Fair enough. Uh, speaking of that round one curse, the Leafs ended it, but they played their seventh game of the playoffs and were terrible, which is something they generally <laughs> like to do. Uh, it's the AMA travel out of town scoreboard here uh, tonight. A couple of game twos, Toronto taking on Florida, Dallas taking on Seattle. Both home teams lost game one. Liam, that's at least the silver lining here is that the Oilers still have a chance to win back home ice advantage tomorrow night or sorry, Saturday evening in Vegas, uh, Dallas and Toronto. There is pressure on these two sides tonight. Yeah, the the Toronto one didn't surprise me that much, but the Seattle defeat in Dallas the way they did was rather shocking, to be honest. I uh, that one really did surprise me. But may, hey, maybe we've just been underestimating Seattle so, so much this season that it's kind of got to the point where it's like, okay, like they clearly are a very, very good team and are showing up in times. Yeah. But yeah, similar to what the Oilers went through, right? Dallas is going to need some more score and it can't just be Joe Pavelski scoring four goals again. I got two parlays tonight. You know, since I'm down here, may as well. Uh, but shout out to our friends at Betway. I am doing Oilers, or sorry, <laughs> Leafs and Stars parlayed together. I think they both win. Nylander, Rupe Hints, anytime point played together plus 150 and plus 120 are the payouts on those two uh, respectively so those are my parlays for tonight liam yeah i like those i think both teams will bounce back tonight it's just the roller coaster of the playoffs right you lose game one i think statistically most teams will win the second game if you lost the game first game so i think everything's fine i think everything will be fine i actually think all four series will be tied at one after two I, I could understand that prediction 100%. Our boy Brad Bazin says, sorry, I'm late. Was getting in the first round of golf of the season. Oilers in six. Keep the faith. Love it. Would also love to get out in golf. Top golf is booked up here until Monday. So I might try to do like the walk-in <laughs> thing there, but I don't, I don't like my chances of that at all. Also, Liam, I met a fan yesterday who is an Oilers Nation citizen from Mexico City. And he was wearing like the cool wrestling thing as well. And uh, I was just chatting with him about uh, a bunch of things. And I showed him the Edmonton Oilers Brazil account, which is uh, a guy we had on real life as well, runs that. And he was like, I'm going to start that. But for like Mexican Oilers fans. And I was like, that is a great idea. So uh, I'm going to share that on Twitter once it gets up, because I told him to DM me when he has it all set up. Uh, But there could be... I guess we'd call it what an Edmonton Oilers and why not? Yeah. I mean, that would be cool to have a Mexico cool, one as well. There's, there's people every single day in this chat, Tyler, who are just from all over the world. So it's cool to see that there was yeah. a guy in here before he was from Germany and said that Sean Bell is like a legend in this town. Cause that's why Sean Bell played when he was there. I can't remember the name of the place though, but he said it earlier on. I thought that was pretty cool. That is great. Uh, Cameron's in says, I predicted a gentleman's sweep for the Oilers. We're right on track. And I love that optimism. So let's wrap <laughs> up there. Uh, another show coming tomorrow at noon mountain time. We'll be back somewhat earlier. Actually, one of the first comments was uh, it's a curse when I do the show late because we did a hotel show late in Toronto. They lost that game. We did a show right. early before game one against L.A. Or was it game three? No, sorry, it's game three against LA and they lost that game. And then we did one late yesterday and they lost that one. So we'll be on time both today or sorry, tomorrow and Saturday for sure for giant game day edition of the show. So everything's back on track. No reason to be concerned. A shout out to Sean Bell for stopping by for our friends at Star Mechanical. Find them online, starmechanical.ca, Boston Pizza, Greta, our friends at Labatt Canada, Betway, of course, AMA Travel, who's got me down living good in Las Vegas. And Liam, we will wrap up the show actually on a somber note as uh, the Oilers, it came out today that uh, 
One of their former players, Peter Klima, passed away and uh, way too soon as well, just 59 years old. Uh, as we go through the playoffs and make all these great memories and players score big goals, Peter Klima's got one of the OG big goals in Oilers history. That triple overtime, he hadn't played in a couple of periods. He gets tapped to go out in the third OT, scores a winner, a big, big part of Oilers history. So uh, rest in peace to Peter Klima as well. And thanks to everyone who tuned in today. We will be back tomorrow. 